0: With narcolepsy, just the inside of your head is tired. It's like somebody's gently sitting on your brain. You have almost no focus. All you're thinking about is not falling asleep. Jimmy Kimmel Hey listener, welcome to the 15th episode of How Are You? Really? Now I'm your host Nick. And today, as you might have gotten a little tip-off from uh, Jimmy Kimmel's quote there, we will be discussing sleep disorders. So sleep disorders involve problems with quality, timing, and amount of sleep, which causes problems functioning with functioning and distress during the daytime. Before I go any further... As usual, the majority of the information comes from psychiatry.org. So sleep difficulties are linked to both physical and emotional problems. See, sleep problems can both contribute to or exacerbate mental health conditions and be a symptom of other health, mental health conditions. So, in primary care, 10 to 20% of people complain of significant sleep problems. About one third of adults report insomnia symptoms, and only 6 to 10% of that meet the criteria for the disorder. So, sleeping issues are incredibly, incredibly common, and the majority of us do not sleep well at all. But it is incredibly important to sleep. It is one of the most significant needs that we have as humans. So let's transition into maybe discussing some of the importances of sleep. Or the importance of sleep, not importances. Doesn't make much sense. So sleep. Is a basic human need and is absolutely critical to both physical and mental health. There are two types of sleep that generally occur in a pattern of three to five cycles a night. They are rapid, mo- rapid eye movement, which is also known as REM, as I'm sure you probably heard before, which is when most dreaming occurs. Then there is the non-REM, Phase And this has three phases, which includes the deepest sleep that you experience. When you sleep, it is also important. Your body typically works on a 24-hour cycle, which is called the circadian rhythm. That helps you know when to sleep. How much sleep we need depends on our age and varies from person to person so most adults need about seven to nine hours of restful sleep each night according to the national sleep foundation many of us do not get enough sleep as i was mentioning a couple seconds ago nearly 30 percent of adults get less than six hours of sleep and only about 30 percent of high school students get at least eight hours of sleep on an average school night An estimated 35% of Americans report their sleep quality as poor or only fair. So what are some consequences from lacking sleep? You might be wondering, or actually you probably know because you are a probably lacking sleep right now, or you probably have experienced lacking sleep within probably the last week, I'd imagine. If not, then feel pretty fortunate. (laughs) So lack of sleep prevents your brain from functioning properly. Not getting enough sleep or poor quality of sleep has many consequences. The most obvious concerns are fatigue and decreased energy, irritability, and difficulty focusing. The ability to make decisions and mood can also be affected sleep problems often coexist with symptoms of depression or anxiety sleep problems can exacerbate depression or anxiety and in turn depression or anxiety can lead to sleep problems right Just go hand in hand lack of sleep or too much sleep are linked to many chronic health problems such as heart disease and diabetes Sleep disturbances can also be a warning sign for medical and neurological issues such as congestive heart failure, osteoarthritis, and Parkinson's disease. So the most common sleep disorder, which involves difficulties getting to sleep or staying asleep, I know you've heard of this one before, is called insomnia disorder, okay? The most common, probably the most popularly known outside of maybe narcolepsy, sleep disorder. So, as mentioned earlier, about one third of adults report some insomnia symptoms. 10 to 15 percent report problems functioning during the daytime, and 6 to 10 percent have symptoms severe enough to meet the criteria for the disorder. An estimated 40 to 50% of individuals with insomnia also have another mental disorder, which is pretty astronomical with the percentage there 40 to 50%. It's pretty incredible. So, what are some symptoms and the diagnosis method for insomnia? To be diagnosed with insomnia disorder, the sleep difficulties must occur at at least three times a week for at least three months and cause significant distress or problems in work, school, or other functionings. A comprehensive assessment for insomnia or other sleep problems may involve a patient history, a physical exam, a sleep diary, and clinical testing or a sleep study. And a sleep study allows the physician to identify how long and how well you're sleeping to identify specific sleep issues. A sleep diary is a record of your sleep habits that is used to discuss with your physician. It includes information like when you went to bed, or when you go to bed, when you get to sleep, When you wake up, when you get out of bed, when you take naps, exercise, and consume alcohol or caffeinated beverages. All these are very important factors to sleeping well. Sleep problems can occur at any age, but most commonly start in young adulthood. The type of insomnia issues often vary with age. Problems getting to are more common among young adults, while problems staying asleep are more common among middle aged or older adults. The symptoms of insomnia can be A, episodic, with an episode of symptoms lasting one to three months. B. Persistent, with symptoms lasting three months or more. Or C. Recurrent, with two or more episodes within a year. So what are some treatment options you might be wondering for this? Well, sleep problems can often be improved with regular sleep habits. Right? Just addressing your poor habits, really is what we're trying to get at here if your sleep issues continue or if they interfere with how you feel or function during the day you should seek evaluation and treatment by a physician sleep disorders should be addressed specifically regardless of mental or medical problems that may be present chronic ins- insomnia is typically an treated with a combination of sleep medications and behavior techniques, usually cognitive behavioral therapy, right? As we talk about pretty much in every episode, if you haven't caught on yet. Several types of medications can be used to treat insomnia and help you fall asleep or stay asleep. Most of these, although most of these can become habit-forming, however, And should only be used for short periods of time under the care of a doctor. Some antidepressants are also used to treat insomnia. So the next disorder is obstructive sleep apnea. This one you might be familiar with or heard about it. This one involves breathing interruptions during sleep. An individual with sleep apnea will have repeated episodes of breathing issues during sleep causing snoring, snorting, or gasping, or breathing pauses. This interrupted sleep causes daytime sleepiness and fatigue. Sleep apnea is diagnosed with a clinical sleep study. The sleep study, which is called a polysomnography, butchered that, it involves monitoring the number of obstructive apneas, which is the absence of airflow, or hypopneas. Butcher that too. Reduction in airflow during sleep. Okay, so sleep apnea affects an estimated two to fifteen percent of middle-aged adults, and more than twenty percent of of older adults. Major risk factors for sleep apnea are. Obesity, male gender, and a family history of the affliction. So lifestyle changes such as losing weight if needed or sleeping on your side can, can improve sleep apnea. In some cases, a custom fit plastic mouthpiece can help keep airways open during sleep. For moderate or severe sleep apnea, a doctor can prescribe a CPAP machine, or device, excuse me, CPAP standing for Continuous Positive Airway Pressure. So the CPAP works to to keep airways open by gently blowing air through a tube and face mask covering your mouth and nose. Okay. So those are the two most common and generally most, uh, diagnosed or treated, uh, sleep disorders, but there are a few others and we'll touch on those real lightly right now. So the other ones are hypersomnolence disorder involves excessive sleepiness, even when getting enough sleep and difficulty waking up So you may be confused, not fully awake for a period of time on a pretty consistent basis. Narcolepsy, which is another, not exactly common, but it is referenced quite a bit in uh, pop culture. Um, Narcolepsy involves excessive daytime sleepiness or sleep attacks. You know, the people who uh, fall asleep. Uh, I don't think it's... As uh, apparent as it used to be because of medications, stuff along those lines. But people who have sleep attacks combined with a sudden muscle weakness several times a week. So there's a group of breathing related sleep disorders in addition to sleep apnea, and they include central sleep apnea, sleep related hyperventilation. Circadian Rhythm Sleep Awake Disorder And then there's the Parasomniacs Which is Abnormal Events or Experiences During Sleep Non-Rapid Eye Movement Sleep Arousal Disorders Nightmare Disorders Rapid Eye Movement Sleep Behavior Disorder Or Restless Leg Syndrome which is associated with aches and pains throughout the legs, which is relieved by movement of the leg, such as walking or kicking. So sleepwalking and stuff like that. So in conclusion, I figured it would be probably a good idea to maybe touch on some commonly utilized complementary health approaches that help with uh, some common sleep issues. So if you don't want to necessarily go the medication route or something like that maybe these would be um some approaches that you could try on your own without um you know being too much of a um, without being too much of a i don't know uh, a safety issue to yourself you know you can you can practice these on your own without necessarily uh well most of them anyway let's just get into them so the first one would be relaxation techniques okay and those would be used before bedtime and they would obviously benefit your sleeping issues you could utilize melatonin this one's a really good one uh the supplements can be helpful for people with sleeping problems uh the long-term safety though has not been investigated really but it is a good natural option um our bodies naturally give off uh, or naturally have melatonin within them, so you're not introducing uh, any alien um, substances that way. Mind and body approaches, which is mindfulness or meditation practices, yoga, massage therapy, and a- and a- acupuncture. Excuse me. Lack. There is a lack of evidence to show their effectiveness, but. These are all generally considered safe options. Herbs and dietary supplements have not been shown to be effective for most sleeping disorders, but you can give them a shot if you feel like you don't want to take the medication route, like I suggested. Um, There's one called L-tritophan and kava. So these come with safety concerns. So be aware and be sure to discuss these alternatives with your physician before taking them. I believe, I don't quite remember what those two were, but I think the kava might be a anti-anxiety uh, supplement from natural uh, natural herbs, I believe. But yeah, so just be sure to research that sort of stuff if you were to take that route and then um i figured it'd be a good idea to maybe suggest some healthy sleeping tips if you uh may not have the best sleep routine that's pretty big deal probably the main reason for why you aren't sleeping well so here's some things to keep in mind and try to uh utilize on a regular basis So the first one would be to stick to a sleep schedule, same bedtime, wake up times, even on the weekends, which is big. Allow your body to wind down with a calming activity before bed, such as reading away from bright lights, and this one's probably going to throw a few of you, but be sure to try to avoid electronic devices, stay off your phones and stuff like that before you go to bed do it before you are getting into bed and stuff like that that's fine but before bed it's going to still disrupt your sleep avoid naps especially in the afternoon exercise daily pay attention to your bedroom environment so it needs to be a quiet cool and dark place which would be best and your mattress and pillow should be comfortable and supportive obviously And then avoid alcohol, caffeine, and heavy meals in the evening. So those are just a couple things that you should maybe be evaluating a little more before you take a trip to the doctors. But yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for the sleep disorder episode. Thanks again for listening. You know, as always, feel free to reach out. Um... A, by any of the socials, I'm on there at Nick Moon, you can hit me there, or email me directly at Moon at gmail.com. I will get back to you pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, so I think the next episode we'll be discussing will be addiction and substance use disorders and this one was also pretty heavily requested so we'll be tackling that one next time so again thanks again for listening and until next time nick out